So this week in Jewish communities worldwide, we're reading from the chapters 25, 26, 27 of the book of Exodus. The beginning of the construction of the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the wilderness, would be, which would eventually become the basis for the temple in Jerusalem, often known as Solomon's Temple and Herod's Temples. But this is the section of Torah, this end of the book of Exodus, that most artists resonate to quite deeply, quite fond of. This is, these are the parts that speak to us as material and aesthetic persons. The need to make, the need to build, the need to create. And it, it seems in many traditions one could think that creating, that making and building might be viewed as second, secondary, that are not the key thing. But our tradition challenges us that art is not secondary. Art is not that low or that high on Maslow's hierarchy of needs that the ability to create, to make, to share, to express might be more fundamental. We're told that Torah in this week's parasha, in this week's Torah reading, this week's Hebrew scripture, teaches us what, what the sages call derech eretz, literally the way of the land, but common decency is how I would translate it. For each person must have within themselves a sense of beauty and aesthetics. Recently, I keep coming back to, I believe, Keats, Beauty is truth and truth beauty. And both beauty and truth, I think, are words for the one and living God. That when we strive for beauty, we're trying to understand something very profound about the world, something spiritual, faith-oriented, that aligns us with the flow of the universe. As I've said many times, it's not easy to be a creator, not easy to be making, not easy to be creative to have that sensitivity. It requires a lot of gift-giving of ourselves, a lot of sharing of ourselves. So this week, the Torah reading is called Turumah, which is an uplifting or a giving. Because the very first verses are that God speaks to the people Israel, saying that they should take unto God, they should bring for God through Moses a Turumah, an uplifting, a gift. Gifts of gold, silver, bronze, yarns, skins, wood, oil, stones, all the things of which temple and tabernacle will be made. <clears throat> it's all a gift. It's a gift we receive to be creators, to be makers. It's a gift we give to share it. As Lizzo said, it's selfish when you're making it and selfless when you're putting it out. So we are called upon as artists and as readers of scripture to bring gifts as the ancient Israelites were in the wilderness. And ideally we do that with a giving heart. You may know I live in Tennessee, the volunteer state. So I think of volunteerism has become one of my values, that sort of gracious and generous giving. And it says in the Torah that everyone whose heart inspires them to generosity, idvenu libo, Nidava, that root being voluntarism in modern Hebrew, to volunteer. It's an expression of goodwill, says one of our sages, a gift. And some of us <clears throat> are blessed with unusual gifts. Some candles burn brighter and faster. Some candles burn longer. Some have much smaller candles, perhaps. But we all have something to give. We all have the ability to share. 
We all have the demand upon us to make, create, and express. Talmud says of this experience in the wilderness of giving that whether you give a little or give a lot, it doesn't really matter as long as your heart is directed towards heaven. The work is uh, quite holy. This peace that God has implanted within us to make, create, give, and discern. And it doesn't really matter what the work is. I work with filmmakers and trash artists. And even in the tabernacle, in the, the Mishkan of the wilderness, it was a very, actually, a very important job to remove the ashes at the end of the day. Trumat Hadeshen is the Hebrew expression. To, they were sacred pails and shovels to remove the ashes. Things that we would consider maybe beneath the priestly class. They were the elite, for, for example. This was such a significant job. Every, every job mattered that there was a famous sage, I think, in the 17th century called the Trumata Deshan, who named himself after this act of collecting the trash in the temple and tabernacle. All of our actions matter. Whether we give a little or a lot, whether we contribute unique art or something small, small craft, what, whatever your position is to be making, it matters. And what really matters, I think, is the uniqueness, the authenticity, the genuineness and generosity you bring to it, the attention you give. We're told that the ark had to be overlaid with gold, but, but also needed to be in places solid gold. It had to not be superficial, not be superficially beautiful, not to be partially made through and through. Someone says that a Torah scholar and any person whose interior is not like their exterior is no scholar. It's damn hard to be authentic as a human and as an artist, as a rabbi. We all struggle to have our, mat our words match our actions, and our actions and art reflect something deep and true of ourselves. It's not easy. I'm never saying it's easy. My, my speech is not intended to, to claim that I do it easily or well. Sometimes these talks are reminders to myself. But art matters. Creation matters. Guernica matters. Pollock's paintings matter. Richard Serra's sculptures matter. It matters. The Mishkan, the tabernacle, is, in rabbinic teaching, equivalent to the entire universe. It's a long teaching, long story, but each part of the tabernacle represented some part in the fundaments of creation. The framework represented the frameworks of the universe, and so on and so forth. Then it all matters. Even something as bizarre as what's often translated as dolphin skins or unicorn skins, right? Some sages say that these were the skins of some primordial unicorn or a dolphin, which seems even harder to believe for a desert people. But let's just use the Hebrew word. It was called a tachash. We don't really know what that means. It might have been uh, some sort of magical creature that has never existed before or since, at least in the imagination of Scripture. I'm not a magical thinker, but one could conceive that. The Hasidic teachers, the teachers of the revival movement of the 17th and 18th century, say that the tachash, this mythic creature, 
that was used to adorn and decorate with its skins the tabernacle and eventually temple existed only in the time and place it was needed to make it this dwelling for God. And that's the true nature of creation, they say. Every creation exists for the sole end of serving and revealing the divine essence that is implicit within you. I mean, what a great, what a great description of the artist's spiritual work. You are here with a paintbrush in your hand or a quill in your hand only to reveal what is essential and only to reveal what is placed within you. You exist at no other time and no other space, and you are made to do this thing. It's kind of inspiring. So be like this mythic animal, because, continuing the teaching, every created entity has a spark of godliness within it, a pinpoint of divinity that we call the soul. I often think of it as a sliver, but a pinpoint's just as good. That's your spiritual function, your spiritual design. And when we utilize something to serve the creator, we penetrate the mundane and reveal the divine. We elevate these sparks within us this, and reunite them with the source. Interestingly, in this teaching, it uses the exact same word for God that Rick Rubin does. The source of all created things, the source of all creativity. I invite you this week to make the most of art, that art is divine. There's no mistaking it nor should you diminish it, and that you are like the Tahash, whether that was a unicorn or a dolphin or some other myth, beast or something with uh, peacock-like scales, I, I don't know. You exist in this time, in this place, to create. Go forth and create. <laughs>